I thank God for the worship culture that we have uh, developed here at Heavenly Vision because uh, when you worship the Lord, it makes it easier to have a real conversation. Amen? It's hard to be fake in the presence of God. Amen? Amen. It's hard to be fake in the presence of God. And so uh, we're going to we're going to jump into this conversation, and uh, I have the privilege of doing it with some great, great people, and so I'm going to introduce them. I'm going to call them up at this time. Uh, this is our second time teaching on, the, on this topic of forgiveness, and so I'm honored that they would jo join me here. And so, uh, Y'all forgive me, I'm, I'm a bit full because it, it's, it's one thing to preach uh, and just keep on preaching. But it's another thing to preach and then to see people's lives change by what you preach. And everybody who's joining me on stage today, uh, they have the testimony of their life changing because of the word of God. And so I'm humbled and I'm honored uh, to share uh, to share this 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 moment with them. Amen. And then, so the first person that's going to join us, uh, and you can show them some love if you like. Uh, the first person going to join us is Sister Channing Miller. Thank you, Sister Channing. She fly too, ain't she? Yeah, hallelujah. The next young lady that's going to join us is Sister Ree Nevels. Yes. <laughs> Hi, Ree. You got, okay, they good. The last brother's going to round out our panel today is Minister Keena Petterworth. Why he was sitting over there like he didn't know he was going to be a part of this today. He was just over there chilling like. Amen. Uh, the beautiful thing about this uh, conversation, we're going we're gonna to lift up a scripture to uh, kind of give some uh, context to what we're talking about today. But also, uh, we are, uh, anybody remember Pure Talk earlier this year? Amen. That was fun. That was fun. Um, just as it was with Pure Talk, we're going to give you the opportunity to share uh, or ask questions. Uh, we have an anonymous number set up uh, that you can submit your questions to, and so you're going to see it on the screen periodically. And I would ask that you would submit your questions that we may not be able to get to them all right here, but we'll be sure to answer them all offline, okay? Uh, so for the sake of context, let's, let's grab our Bibles. Let's grab our Bibles and let's go to uh, the book of Colossians, the book of Colossians. Uh, Colossians, when you get to Colossians, we're going to be looking at the third chapter, looking at the 12th through the 13th verse, Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 13. And it reads as follows. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, 
meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Okay, so the first thing we want to make it, make it clear of is that forgiveness is not an option for the believer. Amen? Forgiveness is not an option for the believer. You, you cannot say you love Jesus Christ and he's your Lord and your Savior and you're deciding not to forgive somebody. That is, that unforgiveness is antithetical to the Christian belief. It is antithetical to the Christian testimony. And so you have to make up in your mind, if you're going to be saved, if you're going to be a Christian, then you have to forgive. Now, let me tell you what that scripture did not say. That scripture did not say that forgiveness was easy. That scripture did not say that forgiveness was going to come just like that. Uh, I don't believe in uh, this pseudo-instant forgiveness. Um, you know, I don't, I don't believe in going to the scene of a murder or, or, or a, a death, uh, the scene of something happening, and instantly saying, I forgive the murderer. Well, uh, that's not biblical. The Bible teaches us that there is a process to forgiveness that cannot be negated. Amen? Amen. So, so we, we have to go through some things. Even other perpetrators and those who do wrong, they have to go through certain things to be forgiven as well. But we have to understand that forgiveness is non-negotiable. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, so the, the main thing that I wanted to lift up from this scripture is that we must forgive. We must forgive. Is everybody clear on that? We have to forgive. You, you, can, you, you cannot not forgive. We have to make up in our minds that by the grace of God, by the power of the Holy Ghost, we will forgive those who have done wrong to us, who have offended us, uh, who have hurt us in some way. We have to forgive. But notice the context in which Paul talks to the church at Colossae to forgive. He says, I need you to do it in light of the fact that you've already been forgiven. I don't know about anybody else, but it, it, it's easier for me to forgive somebody else with the knowledge of the fact that God has already forgiven me, right? So I've already been forgiven. God has already set me free. God has already, he's already fixed me. And so I, I have what I need to forgive. Now, I may not always access it readily. I may not always, you know, pick it up right away, but I have that ability. And you need to know if, let's make, make sure we're good here. Uh, who has the Holy Ghost? Who has the power of the Holy Ghost in dwelling in them? Amen. I'm not talking about that. Hey, ha, ba, ba, ba. I'm not talking about that Holy Ghost because that Holy Ghost is tricky. I'm talking about the real Holy Ghost of Jesus Christ, that one that makes you not cuss people out. Amen. Now that's that Holy Ghost that, that, that causes you to, to feel like I couldn't do it, but then on the other side of it being done, you're like, wait a minute, how did I do that? That Holy Ghost. Anybody got that Holy Ghost? All right, good, 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 good. Amen. All right, so again, uh, audience, you will be able to, to, to throw your questions at us. 
Um, there will be anonymous. You don't have to put your name on it. Uh, I would prefer you don't put your name on it. All right, your number is going to come up as a, uh, as, a, as a randomized number just for the sake of uh, privacy, so you can ask any question you want. And our, our panel has already committed themselves to being transparent, and so we're here with you. Amen? Amen. 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 Uh, the, the number that you can call uh, is going to be on the screens. It's 810-209-8086. Again, that number is 810-209-8086. All right. So to these beautiful, beautiful, man, I got I to gotta look at y'all. Y'all are great, man. man. Uh, the first question, we have about four questions that I want to ask them, and then we're going to get to, to, to your questions. Number one, when did you know it was time to forgive? When did you know it was time to forgive? Who wants to start? I guess I'll go first. Okay, go <laughs> ahead. Be bold, Ree. Nervous, but um, for me, when I found Heavenly Vision three years ago, I was suicidal. Like, I literally tried to kill myself. And because of that, it, it stemmed from me going through a divorce after seven years. And um, ever since I was little, I wanted a family. So when, and I would just dip in church, I'll come and I'll go ghost for a couple of weeks or months, and I'll come back. And it was like, with my forgiveness, it was a sequel to it. It was like, it was always something after I forgave, something else would come, come up. So for me, it was like, Ooh. if I don't forgive this person, either my unforgiveness is going to kill me or I'm going to kill myself. So I had to come and, Bishop, you did the first forgiveness clinic and we cut the, we cut the rope, the, the string with the scissors. And it took me so long to, like, cut it. I was just praying, like, do I want to forgive right now? Am I ready? And, um, like, I forgave at that point, but it was like a sequel to my unforgiveness. I would um, struggle with it. I'll forgive you, then I don't forgive you. So for me, it was like do or die, like forgive or death. So I forgave. Wow. It was either forgive or die. That's, that's something. Any, who else? Who else? I'll go. Um, it was, uh, man, um, well, for those, don't know, for those who don't know, uh, my brother, he was shot and killed. And, um, and it, was, it was the worst Sunday night ever, ever. And, um, and so just knowing that, you know, uh, that it was a family member that did it, it was kind of wait, like Wait, 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 hold on. So... Because, see, you, people be preaching to you and, and leading you. You don't know what they're going through. So, so you, you went through a divorce. You're so young now. Goodness. And you, you your brother, your blood, yeah, brother, blood brother, was killed yeah. by another family member. By another family member. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Continue. And so, um, you know, well, first, spiritually, you, were, um, you know, me knowing that, listen, God said, Jesus said, if you don't forgive, your father in heaven is not going to forgive you. So that was stood out to me like, okay, like this, this, this have to happen, this have to take place. But then naturally, it was me, um, you know, when you see that person or even when you hear that person's name, it's like, ugh. Or, you know, you feel some type of way or you like, you don't, don't even want to speak to them. 
you know, just if they come or anything, you go somewhere to the other room or you just leave and go somewhere. So that's when I really knew, like, you know what, it's time to forgive. That's awesome. Just, just hearing that person, you get tired of it, tired of, you know, just like having that ill, that ill. You know, are you, are you, are you feel some type of way, that anger and that hate towards that person. Oh, so you were fed up with that, with those feelings and emotions. Yes, sir. All right, good. And also you said that you, uh, you understood that your unforgiveness would hold up God's forgiveness towards you. Yeah. Okay. No one, no one I'm saying. No one. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah, that's it. What about you, Sister Chandler? Well, for me. happened to me. It happened to uh, my children. And wow. I don't know, as a parent, if it happened to you, you, you get over it. But when it happened to your child, you're like, okay, now. So I would have the <laughs> attitude like, um, you're going to pay. And I don't mind helping you pay for what you've done. I don't mind helping you pay. <laughs> that was my attitude. I'm going to help you with this one. And that's real. But, um, in going through all of that, I, as a parent, you want your, your children to be well. So I made sure that I put them in places where they can be well. But I didn't do that for myself. And, ooh, and, okay. And it took me a while to get in the place to forgive. Even when it was presented to me to forgive, um, I ignored it. I didn't want to be bothered with it. Because my plan was to get that person back. Wow. And it took my children to say, Mom, let it go. We better let it go. And even when they, when hearing them, because they're children, how dare you tell me <laughs> to let it go? You don't understand. You're a child. I'm but, a it, but it took just the process of hearing others. Um, coming to church, even though I'm, I was born and raised in church, that's something I did, so just hearing it again um, through family members, even though I'm a private person, I didn't share much. It was basically just among me and my children, so no one really knew what we was going through, but through their own little comment or scenarios or hearing someone else's experience or just coming um, hearing the word of God rebuild my emotion to the point where I could say, let it go. Wow. Wow. As long as I had emotion tied into my common sense, I never would have got to the place of forgiving. That's amazing. Wow. So it was just going through those steps and those process to understand that you got to let go in order to be uh, better. That's powerful. That's powerful. Because it's a lot of times, it is, as you were saying, how it's, it's almost easier for me to forgive when, when I'm the one that, that the act was perpetrated against. But if it's, if it's family member, loved one, most certainly a child, like, you know, it's, it's almost impossible. So that's, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Let's, let's dig deeper into this. Um, what was your biggest struggle in forgiving? What was your biggest struggle in forgiving? Okay. Well, for me, um, my biggest struggle was hearing the attacks 
hearing what my children experience, hearing it, and you think you, you, you heard it, and then something else will come out. So just experience that all over again, that hurt, that pain, uh, feeling like he wasn't there to help them, and um, just and hearing it again, and something else will come out. So it was, it was, it was for me a, like a treadmill. You never you know those little rats on those wheels keep going around and around. For me, it was like that. As soon as I thought we was over something, then something else would come up. Then something else would come up, and I was like, when would this stop? And not knowing how to process everything. Well, no, that's a lie. That's a lie. I, don't, I was at the point where I didn't want to process everything. It just made me more angry. I saw red. I didn't want to process. I wanted my children to be better. But for me, I was okay sitting in the mess. And, and, under, and being okay with, with whatever the outcome was. If I went to prison, okay. about being on the other side. And I, I wanted to have this moment because I, I want you all to know that there is a reality. There is a reality to, to the life that we live as believers. And it goes way beyond the four walls of this building. And if we never allow the pervasive work of Jesus Christ to reach us outside of this room, you're such a good to reach us outside of this room. I, I love what Sister Channing said. She said, I I I knew better but I, I decided to stay in my mess. And now here's, let me, let me help you with what justifies living in mess when you didn't make it. So most of us, we're responsible enough adults to say, you know, I, I made this mess, let me clean it up. But if something happens to us, the fact that it happened to us and, and the fact that, that we're offended, that, that we're upset, that we have a certain level of entitlement, we will stay in that mess feeling justified because I didn't do this. It's not my fault. But here's the thing. It's a mess nonetheless. And you can decide to stay in that mess or you can decide to move forward. Man, that's powerful. We'll, we'll get into that more. Any, anybody else? What, what, what was the hardest part of uh, the biggest struggle in forgiving? Mine was the same way. Um, 
and saying, I'm not going to do that. I'll never do that to you. And then turning around and doing it and doing it worse than you've ever experienced. And then the second part, not being remorseful, not saying sorry. Like, it's hard to forgive somebody that never says sorry. Like, wow. Wow. That, now that's, that's a big one. Yeah. That's a big one. Now, what we have to know is, is that even if they don't say sorry, ultimately, we have to forgive. Yeah. Their, their lack of remorse does not stop us from having to forgive. Uh, and we just had to put this on the table because sometimes people will think, and we, we talked about this earlier in the month, that we, sometimes we hold these feelings, thoughts, and emotions because we think that God's going to forget that they did it to us. And if we see them living good, then we'd be like, hey, God, remember when they did this to me? You got to do this because the word says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. It's the scripture, and it's real. Go ahead, please. You took mine. But, oh, my uh, bad. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's what it was. It was, um, it, was, it was a struggle for me to forgive because I was afraid that they would get off the hook. So I, it, it's, it felt like. Like if I hold on to this unforgiveness, then then it it it'll help out. It'll help out. It will make it will make me feel better. And then if I if I forgive them, it's like okay, God, when when are I want justice now? I don't want it later. I want it now. And so that's why I didn't forgive because I would I would be afraid that they would get off the hook. Wow, wow. Number three. What? Uh, or excuse me, how did you know uh, you had forgiven? How, how did you know? Uh, everything has happened. You've gone through it. How did you know as, as you started your process of forgiveness, how did you internally in your spirit, your heart, your mind, how did you know that you had forgiven those people, that perpetrator? Uh, just like I said um, uh, at the top where, you know, where um, if somebody mentioned their name or if I see them, you know, I will feel some type of way. But now when I see them, you know, I can smile. You know, I can, I can, uh, I can talk to them. I could uh, possibly write them letters or, you know, whatever. You know, just have a decent conversation without feeling some type of way and smile and be genuine. I would say, like, having peace. Um, I, I didn't have peace in the situation or I would feel disgusted when I saw them or him and then seeing him and like how was your day striking a conversation as opposed to like huh, like you know <laughs> eh, eh. <laughs> but um, yeah just you know being able to how, how are you today what's going on are you okay like having a conversation that's good that's good that's good peace that's, that's powerful go ahead Well, um, for me, um, can I just be transparent? We would prefer that. <laughs> <laughs> for me, at the time, you know, you come to church, you hear 
all praise and glory. Um, but I wasn't there, honestly. I wasn't there. I was, I was in the process of doing wrong things, and I was okay with it. And um, at this particular day, I was driving in my car, and um, this person who I was looking for, let me tell you how crazy I was. I was looking for this person because he was gonna, he was gonna pay. So he just happened to, was at a red light. And I'm like the second car from the red light. And he happened to um, drive up next to me. And he know I'm looking for him because I made it known I was looking for you. He pulled up next to me and for some reason, um, a gospel station was on, the gospel song was on. Um, and I turned around and we caught eyes. Wow. So you know I'm looking for you. You know if I see you, I'ma deal with you. It's like Netflix, Hulu kind of stuff. And he saw me and he got so nervous he sped off. Wow. So in my right head at the time was to check, get, thank you, go right after him. <laughs> but for some reason, I started laughing. Wow. And from laughing hysterically, start crying. And I had to pull over into McDonald's parking lot, and I just had to say, thank you, God. Because I saw my life flash before my eyes. I saw me actually sitting in prison, okay wearing orange, blue stripes, whatever I had to do. I saw my kids without a mother, but thank God they had a father and loving family. And for whatever reason, my in-laws at that time, we started to be closer together. So I knew they was going to be okay. Financially, I wasn't worried about them because I put a nest aid for them. But it's at that moment from, from, from like, I'm going to get you, Thank you, God, for making you come where I am, because I've been looking for you for a while. From that, it flipped, and I'm, I'm, just, I'm just being real with you. It flipped from thank you for showing me, I'm going to get you, to thank you, God, for not allowing me to go through my plan. And I just had to say thank you. And from that day on, I said I forgave him. I don't want to see him. And I said, you get what I'm saying? But I, I forgave him, but most of all, I forgave myself for allowing me to go to keep that burden on me. Because when you release that burden, I think that's the most powerful thing. You know, we taught as little, you got to forgive other people, but you really got to forgive yourself. Because once you forgive yourself, you start to breathe. I started to breathe. I started to smile. I started to live, and I started to become more interactive with, with people. It was a point in my life when it kind of separated me, and I was good with that because I was planning to leave. I was okay with it. But you just never know when, when you see people react and respond in different ways. You don't know what they're going through, and you don't want to pry. And I'm, you know, me, I understand that because I'm very private, but it's, you got to Coming here, I have to say, with Lady K hugs, 
songs you guys sing, you know, it made me open myself up to receive the love that God already had in me. And I appreciate that so much. Amen. Amen. We thank Wow. Sister Channing lifted up something amazing that I think we have to deal with because uh, a lot of times for, for many of us, it's just out of sight, out of mind. And as long as I'm not confronted with the issue, I can I kind of neander my way through life. But you won't know that you're delivered. You won't know that you're healed. You won't know that you have truly forgiven until you come face to face with that issue, that person, that scenario. And in coming face to face with it, on the other side of that, that you don't respond according to your feelings, thoughts, or emotions, but you respond according to the Holy Spirit. That's powerful. That's powerful. Number four, I believe I got it. What would be your advice, your personal advice, your experience in the death of a loved one, a divorce, hurting of a child? What would be your advice in forgiving? Um, for me, I would say the sooner you can forgive, the better, because and then I was going to say forgiving yourself too, like Sister Channing said, because I struggled with that. And it wasn't until the forgiveness clinic because you kept saying you have to forgive yourself. You kept saying that. And I had to go home and reflect. But um, the sooner the better to forgive because we, we block our own blessings when we don't forgive. And I was stagnant for a long time when I held this grudge against this individual. And I realized, like, the moment I let it go, God began to elevate me or, or put things in front of me, you know, or move things out of my way. So forgive the, the sooner the better. Because, you know, tomorrow's not promised anyway. So you don't want to die with that on your heart. So let it go. Um, for me, the best advice I can give is for anyone to understand the process they have to go through. So you have to go through that period to resolve, to get understanding of whatever the situation is. Then you have to go through the process of repairing it, helping, finding, I don't know, um, services within the community to help you repair the, the issues that you're going through, whether it's counseling, whether it's spiritual, whether it's talking to a, a girlfriend or friend over the phone, whatever that is, you have to somehow let that out and release it. And then after that, you have to rejoice. You have to thank God for the experience because who knew that I would be here on this, on this platform speaking about my wrong. And, and because you just never know who else you can help. And for years, I kept this inside of me. Didn't want to talk about it, didn't want to share it. But for some reason, it's time. You know, you speak to your children, and they understand where you are. You want to make sure they're okay, because it's also involving them, and you don't want to, you know, infringe on their privacy. But it's also gratifying in a sense, too. Once you go through the steps, once you see the process, the resolve to repair and to rejoice in it, and then extending it out and giving your testimony to someone else so they can learn from your experience. So hopefully they don't go through the same steps or, you know, process you've gone through. So I just, I just that's my advice to anyone. Wait a minute, you, you preach right there. <laughs> listen, listen. Resolve. Did y'all hear? Oh, my goodness. Repair, then rejoice. 
I might have to preach it again. No, you preach it first. You preach it first. It, that's good. Thank you, Sister Channing, because you, and here's the thing, you need a systematic process whereby, now, this heinous thing could have happened to you, but in order for you to get back to a place of normalcy, you need a systematic process to help you there. That is, in, that is imperative. Man, that's good. That's good. What about you, man? Um, I would say um, don't be around people who feels unforgiveness. Wow. Yeah. That's rich. Don't rearound people who fuel unforgiveness. Yeah, and um and live and live because have you ever had a dream where you're running and feel like you're not going anywhere? That's how unforgiveness is. You know, you think you're living, but you hold on to unforgiveness, you can't even live. First of all, you can't even be forgiven because God said, you know, if you don't forgive, I, I can't forgive you. And then he said, even he said, don't he said, you know what? Bishop preached it last Sunday. He uh, mentioned it last Sunday, where he said, don't even don't don't even come to the altar. Don't bring none to the altar. You leave it right there, and then go 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 reconcile with your brother, and then you can come back. You know, so just make sure um, that you don't be around people who feels unforgiveness and, uh, and live. That's live. good. That's good. That's good. That's good. You you gave yours, right? Okay. You got another one. Okay. Okay. All right. All right, let's, 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 let's go to the congregation. Um, this person says, I know that I have to forgive, and although it's hard and it does take time, uh, once I do fully forgive, is it okay to stay away from the offender or to be cordial if they're uh, in presence uh, but maintain a distance, be it family, friend, or other? Uh, I I'll answer that one right there. Yes. <laughs> listen, listen to me. Hear, hear me clearly. Hear me clearly. Um, forgiveness, we don't, we don't have to do a whole lot of dancing to be forgiven. But we do have to do that in order to be in relationship. Does that make sense? I can forgive you and not be in a relationship with you. Relationships cost on both ends. And if you're not willing to pay the cost or if the other is not willing to pay the cost of relationship... Well, then I'm, I have officially become an acquaintance. I'm someone you're aware of. You know of me. But be very careful about giving people relational equity in your life. Be very careful about giving people relational equity in your life. Uh, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, there, there, there are some people that are non-factors to me. I mean, I love everybody. I pray for everybody. I believe God for your future as well as the other person's future. But there are some people whose opinion is not going to bother me. Why? Because I'm not bothered with them. And so you have to, you have to be wise with who you spend your time with. The Bible talks about how Jesus, he went to the synagogue, and there was a man with a withered hand. And he went to heal the, the man with the withered hand, and everybody had everything to say about it. Guess what Jesus did? He goes not outside of the synagogue. The Bible says he goes outside of the town. And he healed everybody outside because he said, I can't do miracles there. If, if you're in a relationship that restricts God's presence in your life, that restricts you being who you were created to be, Jesus couldn't even do miracles 
in that synagogue because of the unfaith, the unbelief, because of the, the just terribleness of those people. And so if you can't be who God created you to be, then you don't need to be in that relationship. God bless them. Amen? Is that all right? Is that good, anybody? Y'all good? Did we handle that okay? All right, all right, we got a couple more. So, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, praise the Lord. All right. Is there a line between forgiveness and hurting from something someone did to you? Is there a line between hurting, I mean, between forgiveness and hurting from something someone did to you? I don't know if I'm correct, but I look at it as two different things. Yes, you are going to hurt, and it's okay. Forgiveness to me is understanding how to place that hurt in a proper perspective. You are going to hurt. It may get less. It may get worse. But you have to be able to put that hurt in the proper perspective in order for you to move to where God wants you to be. It's not, it may take a few weeks. It may take a month. For me, it took years. Who knows? But you just have to uh, allow yourself to go through those transitions. I ain't got nothing. Why are you not in school of ministry? I'm just trying to figure it. Anyway, that's okay. That's okay. Maybe next year. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> okay, here it is. If you see the person again that did something to your children today, uh, would you be about uh, would you be about to be around the person or to hug them or to tell them uh, that you love them? Would you be able to do that? I can answer this. <laughs> um, because I got divorced due to domestic violence and almost lost my life in front of my kids. And my kids were caught into the situation. It got to the point where it was a restraining order against my ex. And, like, Bishop, I think I cried in here one time and said, I want to put a bullet in his head. Was that you or Lady Yes, you, you, oh, did, that was you? you did tell okay. me that. Yes, I do remember that. That's I one always, of them things you keep. I don't... I don't you know, yeah. tell people yeah. that. Yeah, okay. oh, sorry. But <laughs> it, was, good. Good. it was to the point where I, too, didn't mind wanting to, you know, go to jail because I was that hurt. I was that mad. And I said, like, it's just having children is a whole different context and a whole different type of forgiveness because at the end of the day, that's their parent, and you have to see them, especially if the child is a minor. So it got to the point where I don't want anything to do with you anymore to the point, like, like I said, if I don't forgive, this is going to kill me. And it's going to, my unforgiveness hurt my children too. So it's not just what he did, it's what I was doing currently in the situation. So it is possible to um, forgive with kids. And it just takes a lot of prayer and, and God and, and counseling, coming to your bishop or, you know, your accountability partner and saying, like, I need help in this area. How should I go about it? But now I'm at the place where I've seen him. There's not a restraining order anymore. So I can have a conversation in, in public with him. And, you know, we got to the point where, okay, this is what happened. This is how we can move forward. So with God, anything is possible, and that's possible. Amen. Amen. Did you want to share something? Or you can say, no, I'm straight. Amen. Is it harder to forgive self rather than someone else? 
Uh, we, could, we could resoundly say yes, absolutely. Here's why it's harder, though. This lets you know why it's harder. Because with them, you have the liberty of assumption. You have the liberty of assumption. I was going to be like, well, how is that liberty? See, I, I can assume I know why you did what you did. But ultimately, I'll never really know. I mean, unless you divulge that and I mean, you just have a moment of clarity and you just purge, uh, I won't really know all the nuances of what was going through your mind, your heart, your spirit, your emotions when you did that. But the reason why it's so hard for us to forgive ourselves is because we are fully conscious of all of our feelings, thoughts, and emotions. We're conscious of the stuff that we don't want to tell nobody else. We're conscious of the things that we're so embarrassed that we don't even let it come out of our mouth to ourselves. Come on, you ever done some stuff where, like, you hardly think about it? You're like, ooh, oh, my gosh. Like, you ain't going to say it. And so that's why it's harder. But what you must do is you must understand that when God gives us and the apostles give us these instructions to forgive, we're not isolated from that. Okay, let me say it again, because y'all look like, what? Okay. So, when, when Christ tells us to forgive, when the apostles teach us to forgive others, that application also applies to us. Because if you don't forgive yourself, then you are literally, just like, remember that, remember that little gate, we, you know, the gate illustration, the fence illustration? You literally segregate yourself from the greater you. When you live in unforgiveness of self, you live in the lesser you, the fallen you, the, the, the degraded you. And all the grace and the gifts and the anointing and the blessedness that's on the other side of your healing, you segregate yourself from that. So the only way to tap into that you is to forgive you. Man, we, we, this, is, this, is some, this is some, oh, this is some good stuff. Um, I, I want as, as to, I'm, as I'm going to these messages, I, I want to, uh, first of all, like, I'm going to say this one more time, uh, thank you. Because it's not easy to, to sit here before people and talk about this, so thank you. Thank you. Um, as a mother trying to forgive someone who has done something uh, to my children, uh, which is eating me up, how do I deal with what the outsiders are saying? How can you forgive that person for what they have done? Okay, so who cares what the outsiders are saying? Who cares? They're not in your household. They're not you, they're not your family. Even if it's family member, who cares? You know what you're going through. So what was the second part? It, it talks about basically how do you forgive, how do you forgive? in the face of people who, who are consistently talking about how they can't believe that you did so. You just have to be honest to those individuals. If you choose to share why you forgave, great. If you choose not to share, that's your prerogative. For me, I chose not to share. 
And, you know, I have family members, so I can, re can relate, that say, you know, Channing, why? How, you know, I could never. But I had to um, understand that I'm cutting my blessings. Wow. If I don't forgive, whether it's the person or myself. And did I want to live? The ultimate choice was like, do I want to live in misery? Or do I want to be alive and live well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I already have the attitude already, like, okay, so what? No, it doesn't matter what you think of me or my decision, because again, I have to live for me. I can't live for you. I can't live for anyone else. I have to live for me, because when I know when I go to God and die and, and go up to heaven, you're not going to be with me. I'm going to be there, uh -oh. standing there. Come on. In front of God, and, and he's going to be judging it's me on be what me I decide Jesus. to do. So when, when I start thinking that way, whatever anyone said, it was okay. I respect them, but it's, it's, I'm not going to allow them, their opinions to interfere with my blessings. You know, as you're younger, you hear sticks and stones will break your bones, but names and words will never hurt you. I really had to, like, say that to myself. Your words would not hurt me. Your That's concerns would not hurt me. I have to live for me, and I have to live for what God has taught me to live to be. Yeah. I just, I just want to say something on that last part. Touch it, um, touch it. I would say start removing people out of your circle. If they, if they want to sit there and act like the enemy, because that's what the devil do. He's the spirit. He's, a, he's the accuser of the brethren. So that's what he do. He's the one that's going to nitpick and be like, you remember you did this? Remember you did that? Remember you did that? So know, know who your friends are and uh, yeah, watch the people who are around you. Wow. That's good. Watch your circle. Watch, it. watch your circle. How do you forgive when things are happening on a very consistent basis? Hashtag forgiveness. That's, that's what it says. It's happened consistently. How do you forgive? I think you have to keep forgiving. You have to keep just, you know, saying Ooh. like, <laughs> because that was me. It kept happening. Like, okay, I forgave you. And then bam, something else. I forgive you. Bam, bam, bam. You just have to know that's how that person is. And like, not take it to the point where it jeopardizes your relationship with God or your walk with God to where you have fought against that person. You just have to keep forgiving, you know? For me, I would suggest that you have to find some center of yourself. Because wow. when you're unbalanced, everything is gonna, that, for some reason, it seems like that person knows when you're just not your best. And it seems to be more prevalent to you. It seems to be. They just know, they be, They just, you know, they just know. They be lurking. I don't know, it's, it's a, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a look that you have or the clothes you're wearing, but it, they just seem just to know that you're not balanced. So I, I would say to any person, find your center. Whatever that is, find your peace and, and not to, okay, here I go again with my transparency, but transparent, not to react. Um, a lot of time, ladies, we react um, to whatever is brought to us before we even think about what, um, we should say. Amen. And I'm guilty of that. I've been guilty of that. I reacted. And later on, I say, oh, 
maybe I shouldn't have went in so deep. But we have to, but if when I was centered, you know, when I, when I, whatever that, that center is, look for you. It didn't, I didn't respond the way, uh, wow. immaturely, I should say That's that. good, that's good. Um, so it was, it was, I was able to forgive in the proper way. It wasn't me um, lashing out and being in my feelings and why me, why me statement, you know, how dare you, how dare you statement. It was more like, okay, God, thank you. You showed me who that person is. I know who that person is when they approach me. I know you wrong, so I know who you are. So when you come towards me, I know how to either disassociate myself or say hi to you in love and you know remove myself or I know you I know how to put you in perspective yeah. in other words yeah yeah that's so it. again for anyone I just say know your center whatever that center is for you that grace is for you that peace is for you um, be be more of that person than a person who's not who always ready to snap on someone and I love that I love that finding your center I, I hope y'all taking notes just from Channing <laughs> Listen, find, honey, Kay, she's been preaching up here, honey. Listen, she, you know, finding your center. I, I'm reminded, did anybody beside me uh, ever get that, uh, that, that uh, bouncy toy that had the clown face on it? it was, and and you, you, you could hit it, and it kept coming back. Now, here's what I learned. I don't know if anybody else, I was that bad kid that turned it over, and, and I, you know, I cut it at the bottom, and I found out, yeah, because I wanted to know. I was, pray for me, pray for me. I wanted to figure out what was, what was the issue. What I learned was that it was weighted at the bottom, and it was created to bounce back. What you got to understand is that you were created to bounce back because there, there is a weight of glory on the inside of you. There is something at your center. There is something at the, Jesus, you're the center of my joy. You, you got to have that as your reality. Because if he's the center, if you're weighted, then you will, you will always come back. How many times do I, do I forgive my brother? 70 times. No, 70 times 7. It's really a euphemism. The really reality is, is that you forgive as long as you have the elasticity to do so. You can't stop. Folk going to be folk until they stop being folk. You hear me? Folk will be folk at your funeral. Folk will go to your funeral like, mm, who picked this dress out? Like, I'm dead. How you throwing shade at a corpse? Like, so folk gonna be folk. Which, hey man, I, okay, thank you. Can you can you elaborate on that? Uh, as far as you know, a lot of times, a lot of us we bounce back. But sometimes we bounce back with or perimeters. We bounce back with walls up to the point where we can't even allow somebody else to come in. We bounce back because, with walls. Ooh. Yeah. No, a lot of times we. <laughs> no, I'm with you. People, people, you know, they're they're not the same because yeah, I bounce back, but now I nah, I don't trust you. I don't trust. It could be genuine people trying to come into your life, but now I don't. I love that. I love that. Here, um, uh, this 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 is an amazing book called Psalms. You got to read it sometime. Um. <laughs> 
And, and David, in many of the Psalms, especially, especially when you get to like 119, if you just read all of that, like, so, so there's a portion in Psalm 119, I think it's around 62 to like 70 something, where, where David has to declare, he's, he's, he's like, no, Lord, you are my defense. You are, you are my buckler. You are my shield. And see, okay, listen, honestly, those laws and defenses are lack, they're a lack of faith. Because we're like, God, I, I don't trust that you're going to f- protect me. So I got to protect myself. And sometimes we have, to, we have to acknowledge, watch this. Sometimes we have to acknowledge that we weren't in the right place in the first place. We were out of the ark of safety. That's why you got hurt. Because you were with somebody you weren't supposed to be with in the first place. You were somewhere I never told you to go. And then on the other side, what happens when it happens to somebody that, that, that's supposed to be there? Sometimes, here it is. One, God will allow things to happen to increase our faith. And then sometimes we got to understand that we have just met evil. I stopped trying to make sense of evil a long time ago. I've had, I, I remember having to sit down, and Minister Gwynn can attest to this, I remember having to sit down with a mother who was in jail. The, listen, here's a scenario. The mother is in jail because the man she was with killed her two-year-old baby. Minister, is, was that? And so I... What do I say to a person who is incarcerated while they're, for their child being murdered by somebody else. We have to trust him. Even when we don't understand. It's not just a song, it's a reality. And we'll understand it better. We have to allow ourselves to grow in faith. To the place where we say, God, I don't understand. I can't make sense of this. And nobody else around me can make sense of this. But I'm going to, I am going to resign to trust you in the midst of this. And so it, it is only God who can take down those fences. Do you hear me? Because you will instinctively, you will naturally, natively put up those fences. But you, you're going to have to let God do it. He's the only one that can and the only one that will because you'll leave him. You locked your car and your door before you left home. And I'm sure you got plenty of faith, but like, I don't trust these folk in this neighborhood, though. Some of y'all came to church and locked your car. Holy Ghost in there, but, um, you know? So most certainly when it comes to your life and your heart, you're going to be guarded, but you have to trust the Lord there. Does that, that make sense? Um, we are required to forgive, but do we have to forget? And what does that look like to forgive and then engage? So let's deal with the first piece of that. We've got a couple of minutes left, and everything that we don't answer now, we'll, we'll answer offline. Um, we are required to forgive, but do we have to forget Let's deal with that piece. No, you don't have to forgive. 
And the reason I say that is because hopefully you won't be, be repeating the same patterns. Hopefully you learn from whatever the experience was and hopefully you can take that forward, um, take that forward. Yeah. So yeah, yes, you forgive, but forget, I don't think that it goes hand in hand. That's just my opinion. I think you do have a residue of, of, of it. It may not be as um, forward as it was when it was fresh, but you do still have that residue. So just, again, it would, I think it's, again, two separate things. And let, let me put this in there. Earlier this month, we, in preaching through the Forgiveness Clinic, we, we talked about the difference between remembering and considering. So when we remember that thing, we, we allow it to become a part of us. When we consider it, it's a file for reference. Do not keep that stuff on your chest. Don't tattoo it to your arm. Do not go to the swap meet and have them smelt a gold chain and put it around your neck. Because when you do that, then that challenges every decision you make. When you consider it, then I only use it when it's necessary for this scenario. Does that make sense? When you remember something, when you keep holding on to it, it follows you everywhere. And now you're looking at a teacher cross-eyed. And they ain't got nothing to do with it. You're looking at a, a, a co-worker cross-eyed. They ain't got nothing to do with it. So you probably won't forget it, but you need to stop remembering it. Keep you, you, got, you got to take that thing, file that thing away. We, we uh, uh, Sister Deidre and those who were in, in the office, we, we had to downsize our offices. And we, because, you know, because we do, we do write books here, we have books all the way from 2010, I believe. But that's not in the immediate office. We got to put that in another dis undisclosed location. We still got it, just in case somebody come back like, what did I give in 2012? Oh, Lord. But because we keep good records, we could go, we could go, go to it. But we don't, we don't inundate ourselves with 2012 because it's 2017. And some of you can't, you, you can't keep proper books of your life today because you still got 2012 books in your crib. On your bed, you still got 2012 stuff like, oh my gosh, where's my, this is 2012, oh my gosh. What did they do? What did they do? And I'm still fouling through it. Get you a crate. Put that stuff in there. Take it to the garage. You're not going to forget it. No, 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 no. But you're not going to remember it. You're not going to keep it in your immediate space. Does that make sense? That's good? All right, all right, all right. Hmm. Have you fully forgiven if it still hurts? Ooh, okay. 
Anybody want to try? I mean, you don't have to answer. <laughs> I got this, like, tumbleweed. Let me bail you out. You, you, here's the thing. Every time you sin, it grieves the Holy Ghost. Every single time you grieve, I mean, you sin, it grieves the Holy Ghost. So much to the degree that the Apostle Paul says, do not grieve the Holy Ghost. Has the, ha, have we already been forgiven of our sins? Okay, and so, yes, you, have, you could have forgiven and it still hurts. But what needs to happen is, you need to make sure that you are seeking God for healing of your hurt. Because some of us will build an affinity for pain. Some of us will become gluttons for punishment. Because the pain will put us in a space to where we're not required to progress. Come on, because you got people like, oh, no, but well, they just went through a divorce. No, we're not going, oh, they just, oh, they just lost their mom. So we're not going, your mom died seven years ago, babe. That divorce was early 2000. When are you going to get up and do something? Yes, it's going to hurt. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But every day it should get better. Every day the load should get lighter. And you have to continue to submit it to the Holy Ghost. Keep your wounds before the Lord. And he will be the physician. I remember Deacon Mike, when he got his knee surgery, he had to, go, he had to keep going back to the doctor. He had to check, his, check this, check that. And most of the time, we get comfortable in that bed. And we get stiff. Some of y'all are spiritually stiff. Emotionally stiff. And so you have to make sure, you have to make sure that, yes, to answer your question, absolutely, that, can be, that could be the case. But you have to allow God to handle your healing. Handle your healing. I'm at my time, and so... What are some things you would like to just uh, close with? Something you would just want to share with everybody before, uh, before you leave the stage? Close the remarks. One hit a quitter. Boobop. No, go ahead. I would like to say. Turn your mic on. All right. I would like to say to be around community and to go to church because the forgiveness clinic, go to a real church, like be in a real church where they talk about real things and not just like God's going to do it, but God, they tell you how God is going to do it or how God can do it or how God has done it. And Bishop, your transparency in the forgiveness clinic, like it was 100, like super real. And that's why I kept coming back to church because it's like, where else can I find this? Where else is people talking about this? And just not just saying God is going to do it, but giving you the remedy. And you yourself, you were so transparent about what you've been through or what you went through. And so that really blessed me, and it really helped me. And I was just like, bring it back. Bring it back. What are you going to do forgiveness clinic? And I changed because of that. So being in a real setting with real people that talk about real things, that's, that's what I would say. Amen. 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 Anybody else? He meditated. For me, I would say, um, remember the steps. You have to resolve. You what, have what, to. Hold on, hold on. 
Resolve. <laughs> you have to resolve. You have to confront whatever it is. And you go through resolving it. And then you have to go through the process of repairing it. And Repair. It, it will be difficult. It will hurt. But you're going to be okay. Yeah, and hallelujah. then allowing yourself to rejoice when you overcome it and when you, when you see the other side of it and you understand the process God has led you through. And then again, keeping community with, surround yourself with the right people um, and being open to receive what, the, um, what others is trying to give you. Don't shut your off to, yourself off to anything. Be open to the change. Amen. 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 Indeed she has. Praise the Lord. Uh, yeah, just like they were saying, um, go through the process. Go through the process. And, um, you know, it's, it's, you, you never, you, just, just like Sister Channing was saying earlier, <laughs> you know, you, you probably be the next one up here. You never know. Just don't think that you're going through it just, just because, but you're going through it to help somebody. Because it's, it's so many people in the world. We haven't got kids that's coming up, I mean, that probably go through the same thing. You never know who you're going to help, so just go through the process and know at the end. Especially with Jesus, you already got the victory. So just go through the process. Amen. Amen. Can we thank God for these men and women? Here's what we want to do. Here's what we want to do, because I believe there's a lot of grace here. Um, I, 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 want, let's, let's just, I want us to have just like a, just a mini concert of prayer. I want you to start, you continue, you continue, then I'll, I'll conclude with you. Um, and, and I want you to, to hear and receive these prayers, because I want you to pray that just as you were able to, to forgive the person who killed your brother and is in your family, just how you were able to forgive the man that you once engaged in a covenant with, who, who hurt you and, 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 and did all type of things, just how you would forgive people who, who, who did wrong to your children, uh, just like I, I've been able to forgive. I, we want to take a moment and pray that grace over this entire congregation. Can we do that? So just, we, we just, we just going to tag team, tag team this prayer, all right? We'll start with Kena, continue with Reed, and then go to Sister Channing, and then I'll, I'll, I'll close it out. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, God, for your love. God, we thank you for your grace, God. We thank you for your mercy, Father God, and just for giving us, God. So, God, we ask you right now, Father God, the same grace, God, that you have given me, Father God, to, to forgive those who have hurt me, those who have hurt my family, God. God, I ask you right now to strengthen the people who are in here right now and who are listening, God. Father God, I ask you to give them the grace right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, to forgive those who hurt them, God. People who have done them wrong, Father God. Father God, I, Father God, you did it, Father God, when people did you wrong, God. You said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, God. So, God, right now, Father God, we know it can be a process, God, but now we, I ask you right now, Father God, you give them strength, God. You give them the power, Father God, that same power that you have given me, the same power you have given your son, Father God, to forgive the people who have hurt them, God. And we thank you, God, and we believe in, Father God, that it's going to be done. Your son, Jesus' name. Father God, we just thank you, God, for this opportunity, God, for this time being 
hear, God, and to hear everything that was brought forth. God, we pray for peace right now in the name of Jesus, God. We bind anything that's not like you right now in the name of Jesus. We bind hatred. We bind depression. We bind suicidal thoughts, yes, dear God. Yes, we yes, bind anything yes. that goes against your word, dear God. We bind anything that you did not declare, dear God. We give no room for the enemy, dear God. And God, I ask for joy now in the name of Jesus. Peace, God. God, I ask that they sleep well tonight, God, in the name of Jesus. And every night that goes forth after tonight, dear God, God, I just speak peace. I speak happiness. I speak love. I speak repentance right now in the name of Jesus. I speak forgiveness right now in the name of Jesus. And God, I speak family. God, I speak community, dear God. God, I just speak that you give a new grace, God, a new mindset, a new perspective, God. We ask that you do a new thing right now in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God, I thank you for being my heavenly father. Hallelujah. You never left my son. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I thank you for unveiling my eyes when I wanted to cover. I thank you for guiding me through. I thank you for giving me the strength to be the parent that I could be for my children. Thank you for giving me the strength when I didn't even have the strength to be that person that was visible for them to go through their healing. I thank you for allowing me to be always present in you. Thank you for this being and covering me. Thank you for your covering. And I thank you. If I don't know what else to say, I could say I thank you. I thank you, Lord. Father, you are with us. Your word declares that you never leave us nor forsake us. God, I thank you for your abiding presence in the life of Kena, in the life of Ree, in the life of Channing. Father God, I thank you that by your grace you've progressed them to the place to forgive. So Father, I pray right now the very same grace that you made readily available to them. You will make it available to every one of these young people. Father God, I pray that regardless of what they face, let them know that they have healing. They have deliverance. They have grace. They have freedom in you. God, we won't worry ourselves with the perpetrators for we know that your word has already made sanction for them. God, but we want our souls to be right with you. We want to be right before you. We want to be right before the people that you've called us to. So, Father God, heal every broken heart. Mend every broken place. Father, in the name of Jesus, grant us the grace to be forgiving just as you have already forgiven us. And so, Father, I pray that the wisdom and the insight that has been shared across this place today, that you would allow it to resonate in the hearts of your people. 
And so we thank you and we bless you. And we declare that we are a forgiving people. And it is so in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's thank God. Can we thank God for our panel one more time? Make some noise for Keena Petaway. Make some noise for Ree Nevels. Make some noise for Reverend Channing Miller. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I love y'all. I love.